From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dawning. It's a show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today we're talking pasta and your favorite pasta dishes. Are you a lasagna baker? Is your spaghetti the best in the neighborhood? Or maybe you're looking for some pasta cooking tips. How do you boil pasta? When do you know if it's done or not? And what are the best sauces and pasta dishes to prepare? We're looking for your comments and experiences this morning when you call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one 672 7464 Or email the show, food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dawning on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. It's all about pasta today and your favorite pasta dishes. Are you a lasagna baker? Maybe your spaghetti's the best in the neighborhood. Or are you looking for some pasta cooking tips? What's the correct way to boil pasta? How do you know when it's done? And what are the best sauces and pasta dishes to prepare? We're looking for your comments this morning. Any pasta lovers out there, give us a call today. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464, or you can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing absolutely delicious today. It's a beautiful day. It's May 1st, and um, the sun came up, and I heard the birds singing, and I peeped outside, and it was, like, super gorgeous after all that rain and storm yesterday. So I'm happy to be here, and, um, yeah. It's a yummy day. <laughs> yes, um, that that was a, a just. I mean, I was watching the the, the local weather station and here in the Jackson area, and um, just incredible the 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 kind of weather it was. You know, when the weather people are like, "Wow, I've never seen this before." You know, it really is something. So, our thoughts go out to those who were impacted by those storms yesterday. I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere this morning on the news uh, with Karen Brown that. Fully one-third of all counties in Mississippi had some sort of storm damage. So, again, thoughts to folks who were uh, involved in that, who were affected by that, and and hope our recovery efforts go well. And, and again, we had a couple of fatalities, and that's always a sad uh, story to hear uh, when the severe weather works its way through. Absolutely, Kevin. And, again, we are sending our love and prayers out to those families. And it was so sweet. My granddaughter called me when the first siren went off, and she says, Granny, please hurry up and get in the tub. And I thought, wow, you know, um, it really did just affect everybody but we thank god you know for today and it's absolutely gorgeous and so you know i like the those alarm things but sometimes i'm a bit confused because in in pearl where i was it went off and then you never know when it's the all clear but then it kept going off it went off three or four more times and i was i didn't i couldn't quite understand what well, that I was think, i think what was happening yesterday kevin they, is that they literally kept uh, spotting funnels at different times because in clinton it literally went off like four times in ridgeland i don't think it ever stopped it for a while it was just this kind of a continued thing so um you know we're glad to have those systems in place and that just means you need to stay in the tub a little bit longer. right i mean i that's i think you're right the, the general idea is just be aware and in, in my case again i tuned in i had been watching something on cable uh, tuned into one of the local stations to make sure i was up to date on, on what was going on uh, so there's a note here on my script that Java went to the old country store and ate Mr. D's world-famous fried chicken. Java, you've got to tell us what that's all about. Yeah, it was it was good. It was, a, um, I guess, uh, more so of an experience because coming off of uh, Highway 61, I mean, I've passed that place I don't know how many times. My, uh, my father's side of the family is from Natchez, so we've traveled 61 like, since I was born and uh, just didn't ever notice it. But we finally pulled over and pulled in. And, uh, I mean, it's an old country store, rustic, but he has uh, laid out. Unfortunately, Mr. D, he wasn't there. But, um, I mean, everything was good. The fried chicken was hot and, and, and rolling and the door kept swinging and people kept coming wow. in. <laughs> and it was just, I mean, and it was, uh, what, Saturday afternoon around noon. So we were, we were perfect. <laughs> it was Fantastic. good. Fantastic. That sounds amazing. So t- tell us about the store. When you walked in, what was the first thing that you saw? 
Well, when we first uh, <laughs> when we first walked in, we saw the price. They had a, uh, had a, a chalkboard just kind of explaining. Uh, you know, it was uh, I think about fifteen dollars for the buffet for adults, um, uh, eight or ten for kids, and um, you know they just were. The waitresses were uh, walking around, and they didn't even come and walk towards you. They were just like, "Come on and sit down, honey." You know, oh, wow. <laughs> you, just, you know. I was like, "Do we pay first or whatever?" They was like, "No, you go get your food, and we pay. You know, you pay us later. What do you want to drink? Sweet tea, uh, sweet uh, or lemonade? You know, you want a coca? It was just, it was real, real home, home, homely. A lot and, of that uh, southern hospitality. There going we on. go. As yeah. <laughs> soon as you walk through the door, it just hit you in the face. That's fantastic. And actually, $15 for that kind of buffet is really uh, an excellent price because I've seen people go to the uh, buffet, Kevin, and it's one person with like 40 pieces of chicken on his, you know, on a plate. And you think he's going to get it for everybody? And he's like, no, this is my chicken. Go get your own. And so that's pretty cool. I've always wondered because I remember at the casinos, they always have those great buffets. And it would see the same thing where people would just pile their plates down with fried shrimp or, you know, boiled shrimp or something. And I'm thinking, you know, that's the whole idea of a buffet. It's a steam table, so the food actually stays warm over there, where if you br- drag it over to your plate, it's not going to stay oh, warm. Oh, Kevin, and, you, you know- have no idea what the strategy is, <laughs> is to eat it and go back and get seconds, you know? <laughs> Well, that's the thing, though. If you eat seconds on this a huge, you know, pile of the food, I mean, because that's my thing. I finally, after all these times of eating of a buffet, have learned you've got to pace your. If you're going to eat more than one plate, you got to pace yourself because otherwise, you you come out of there just like being overly stuffed. See, so you're not a competitive eater, Kevin. <laughs> no, because <laughs> even at um at Mr. D's, uh, the Old Country Store, you got to save room for dessert. Oh so, yeah, you know they yes. had that uh, uh mixed berry blackberry cobbler. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, without the ice cream, we had already had uh, two two plates of the buffet. So I was like, it can hold ice cream. Yeah. Well, oh. the great thing about it being on 51 is you can go take a long walk. And <laughs> oh, 61. I was 61. 61. Yeah, right over there um in the Lorman area. It's, I, and I just, it's amazing what you, um, you know, have just here in your state. And I, I'm telling you, I passed that place so many times, but walked in and, and it was it was nice. And again, uh, Java, you talk about things here in the state. You know, several weeks ago we had on a guest from the barbecue trail. So I would encourage anybody, if you're ever looking for good barbecue in Mississippi, to uh, go to that. Just you could uh, Google it, the, the barbecue trail in Mississippi, and find out because that really was an exhaustive list of, of some really great places to get barbecue. So, uh, Java, you're so right. We, we are very fortunate here in having great places to eat all across uh, Mississippi. Uh, yeah, Kevin, I was going to say, not just great barbecue. Mississippi is known for the best Southern food in the world. And we still have guests from California and other places that are still in awe about not just the food, but it's what Java said. It's the food and the hospitality. Um, you know, at, at one point I read an article where he says Mississippians are the happiest people in this in the country. And, and a lot of it has to do with not just so much that the fact that we're eating delicious food, but it really is the kindness that you get. You walk into a place and you don't know anybody and you get an instant hug. I mean, wow, that does wonders for your digestive tract. (laughs) So we're talking all things pasta today. If you enjoy pasta, have maybe a special pasta that you serve or a way to prepare it, give us a call today at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Of course, we start with spaghetti. I think that's a staple at a lot of the delis uh, that you go to where you get that hot plate lunch. Uh, but uh, pasta is more than just a spaghetti, and it, uh, you can really get creative. And, Deborah, uh, hats off to you, as always, some really creative things uh, that you brought in this morning. First of all, uh, tell us about uh, – and this was the other thing I forgot – you know, I love macaroni and cheese, but it didn't, when we talk pasta, I think more of, you know, the spaghetti and linguine, that sort of thing. And I didn't realize macaroni is a pasta, uh, but I love macaroni and cheese and love what you did this morning. Tell us about it. So, Kevin, you know, you have to get an accent when you're fixing the pasta, you know. But today I brought in a really, truly delicious southern dish. We did macaroni and cheese with fried chicken. It's one dish. The chicken is literally infused into the macaroni and cheese, and it's baked off. It's got just a little bit of heat to it, Kevin, so it gives you that really wonderful uh, palate, that thing that happens at the back of your tongue that just makes you go, oh, my God, let me get another bite. But the macaroni and cheese is cooked uh, al dente. 
uh, which all pasta should be, uh, because you want to be able to have a little bit of bite, so Kevin, when you're having pasta. And then I created a homemade roux for this, which is a, you know, a base of uh, butter and some flour, and I added in some wonderful seasonings like cayenne, and we've got some red pepper flakes, and we've got some uh, basil, and we've just a whole bunch of yummy stuff, dumped it all in there together, a little bit of milk, created this wonderful roux, added in some cream cheese, as well as some uh, rich mild cheddar. And uh, I folded it all in together after frying up this delicious chicken. And the chicken is is, uh, done in uh, nuggets, Kevin. Mm -hmm. And basically what I did was just take a chicken um, thigh and I cut it into nugget and I deep fried it, make sure we patted all the oils out of it, and then just folded it in with the uh, roux as we were adding it to our noodles, topped it off with a little bit more cheese. Put it under the broiler for a minute, and oh my gosh, it's yummy! And I also brought you some rigatoni. Yeah, that was uh, that was also very good. So it was, uh, which is, if anyone doesn't know, it's one of the round pastas, uh, one of the bigger ones. Uh, it's a little bit, um, I guess, maybe wider uh, circle than a panne pasta is, but uh, I, and that's one of my favorites. I, you know, when we were growing up, uh, my mom would always fix spaghetti, but my dad liked rigatoni, so that's how uh, I was introduced to it. And so she would always make sure to have uh, some of that. For for my dad and me when we had pasta at my house. But uh, tell us about that because the, the sauce was really very colorful but also uh, quite delicious. Well, the sauce, Kevin, uh, basically starts with a, a heavy cream. And uh, then I added in, of course, a little uh, paprika and I added in a little turmeric for color. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I love turmeric because it has this really uh, rich orangey gold color to it. So when you mix it with the paprika, you get this really wonderful color. I also added uh, into the roux is uh, some cheeses, and it's two different types of cheeses that's added into the roux. You've got some green onions and some peppers and just fold it. It's really simple. You know, a lot of times we run to the store, you know, and and you can spend upwards $8 depending on the pasta sauce that you're looking for. But it's just really quick to make your own sauces and roux at home uh, because usually you have all all those things already available to you uh, in the cabinet. And also, it's just a tiny pinch of sugar, not too much, a little bit of brown sugar, so you may have tasted the sweetness against the heat that's um, in the sauce. So I thought it turned out to be really wonderful, warm kind of comfort food today. All right, so you, I noticed some of the, the rigatoni pieces were halved. Now, you didn't cut those after you boiled them, I'm, I'm No, actually, <laughs> I just kind of took the bag and smashed a little bit. Okay. And I did that, and that's not a normal practice, but because I was in a hurry this morning, Kevin, and I wanted uh, to cook it only for about six minutes, and so I did that, uh, and it just kind of creates a texture look as well, so... Um, I was going to say when I was in, I was like, I, I can't believe you would be out there. You know, no, I, I, didn't, I did not. Yes, no, Kevin. I sweated for hours, and I, it took me hours and hours to break those shells just for you. You know, Mama wanted you to have a perfect bite. <laughs> All right, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, hey, we're looking for the pasta lovers out there to call in and join our conversation this morning. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Call us at one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can also email the show food at mpbonline.org. Back with more Deep South Dining after this short break. steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends, and we're talking all about pasta this morning. Give us a call if you'd like to join the conversation. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Got a caller on the line, so why don't we start the show off by talking to Annie in, uh, Ann in Jackson. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. Uh, I like to, I hate to say this, but my children never realized it, but my best spaghetti sauce was always when I singed it just a little bit, <laughs> uh, you know, browned it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the al dente thing, please. Let me have it all done all the way. I can't stand to bite into the center and get that hard piece. I want to eat raw spaghetti. I'll eat raw spaghetti. Well, actually, al dente, you shouldn't ever have a piece that's too hard. And I think that that's um, it's so it's kind of a, a medium and in, in in between an overcooked noodle that gets really soft and mushy. And one that's not cooked properly. And basically, um, you know, depending on your, on your noodles, for instance, a spaghetti, if you look on the box, I think it's about eight minutes. Normally what I do to get that perfect bite, and, um, and I think Kevin will be able to testify to this, the noodles that I bring in are usually the bite is perfect. There's not that little crunch in the middle. That's that's not done. What you want is after, uh, for instance, for me, if the if the package says to cook it for eight minutes, I'll normally set my timer for six. And then what I'll do, Ann, is I'll turn the boiler off and I'll put a lid on top of the pot for about another two to three minutes. The noodles are still cooking and you're going to end up with that perfect, really wonderful bite of noodles. I don't want to bite into a noodle either. That's not done, baby. So I truly understand that. Well, I'm glad you explained it that well because I know a lot of people that think it has to have that little hard piece in the center. No, no, (laughs) ma'am. Right. No, that's just, that's, yeah, that's not that's using a, your That noodles. sounds like a cook's <laughs> excuse there, I think. All right, and thanks for the call. And, you know, I guess the other thing, the, sort of the way I guess I might describe it would be al dente, it's got a little bit of a um, texture still, whereas if you cook it too much, it's it's kind of limp. If you for if you cook any noodle too much, Kevin, it, it loses its buoyancy. It becomes really uh, big and fluffy and, and tacky. You don't want that because I don't care how wonderful your sauce is, if that noodle is not right, then the whole meal is a little off. But again, like Ann was saying, you don't want a noodle that's undercooked. You don't want to bite it in and get um, kind of a crispy. You want a nice bite. And there is a difference. And so it's learning to, to just, you know, um, through trial and error and and uh to cook but normally what i've learned is whatever the directions is on the package for me if it says eight minutes i'm gonna do six i'll turn it off put a lid on and let because the noodles are still cooking and so just let them rest there for a minute then you want to to stop them from cooking kevin you want to flash them in some cold water and that'll stop because you don't want them again to overcook it's always you want the noodles to be nice and firm a nice wonderful you know that wonderful bite that you look for but if it's too mushy when you when you bite it your teeth it's not a happy feeling you know you just don't really enjoy it as much and you know especially when for instance like with macaroni noodles i notice that a lot of times people will really overcook them they get really big and they explode too much and then they fall apart and it becomes mushy well you you really don't want that you want your sauce to be able to carry the weight of your noodle well also i think too isn't the the uh, cooking al dente it holds the sauce a little bit better on the noodle it holds the sauce better and and the presentation is prettier it's just it's really just getting that noodle uh, and al dente, al dente sounds like a really fancy word, but it really is just meaning cooking the noodles right. That's you know, it. I, I didn't know al dente, but I knew his brother Joe Dente. Yes, I know Joe. <laughs> I actually dated Joe for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, another thing that's amazing to me about pasta, and I remember there used to be um, a fast food uh, Italian place that had a poster up of all the different kinds of you pastas. Guys are so <laughs> it's amazing bad. to me. There's uh, there's spaghetti. There's we talked about rigatoni, the penne pasta, macaroni, lasagna, farfalle, which is the bow tie pasta. Uh, the um, um, uh, well, what's the one from Seinfeld? A fusilli pasta, which fusilli. is the corkscrew, because uh, Kramer made the fusilli Jerry. He was making little figures out of the corkscrew <laughs> pasta. Uh, and then one of my favorites is orzo, which oh, is almost yes. it's the kind of the size of a, of a rice pellet almost. And I remember when I was up visiting my mother, uh, one of her friends made uh, an orzo. 
orzo pasta pie, and I thought that was very creative because they basically took the cooked pasta and it became the, the crust. crust for the pie. And she had a a nice uh, spinach, um, 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 you know, with uh, some pasta sauce as the filling, and then she, we also uh, sent along uh, some meatballs. But I thought that was very creative to kind of use the pasta there, you know, to be the vehicle to as the pie. Well, hold <clears> on <throat> to your pasta seat, Kevin, because there's over six hundred different pasta noodles. Wow! So there are unlimited unlimited ways to create delicious meals uh you know pasta shapes and sizes and textures uh, from all over the world and so you literally accounted for there are at least 600 different styles of pasta so tell us a little about the the history of the origin of pasta well of course the the first written document of uh, pasta is um in this wonderful place called Sicily in uh, sicilia in italy uh, and I believe that was around uh, 1100, and that's the first written document. But recently, uh, there has been a historical find that pasta really may have actually uh, originated in Japan hmm. 4,000 years prior to it showing up in Italy. So, um, but who made the pasta famous, of course, was the Italians, Kevin. And uh, literally, it started out as a uh, poor man's food. A, which is really amazing to me because all the foods that we love worldwide usually have the same base story. You know, it was a hard time economically and they were looking for ways to, you know, feed people. And, you know, the pasta was a wonderful way to do it. And now the Italians do it like nobody else in the world. All right. So I'm hoping I'm not going to mangle my history here. But if I remember correctly, Marco Polo did travel to uh, the Far East. And so maybe some of those, that's where some of that, you know, he might have brought back ideas like pasta but other things uh, say from- it Kevin Marco Polo <laughs> 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 And again, if my if my history is off on that, I apologize to anyone who knows better. But uh, so I, I I could make it maybe a new show. We could call it Mangled History. So we'll talk about how Marco Polo discovered pasta from the from the uh, Far East there. So, um, but um, let's see. Um, but, you know, I guess even when we think of spaghetti, there's. Spaghetti, linguine, there's angel hair pasta. I mean, that idea of the long, thin pasta, there's a number. I think vermicelli is another. You can get it almost in in varying uh, thicknesses, I guess. Well, um, vermicelli is a little bit different than your linguines and your spaghettis and your uh, fettuccine noodles. But you're right there. These really long, wonderful uh, pasta noodles that we love so much. Uh, And for me, even when I'm fixing my spaghetti, I I choose... Uh, instead of no- normally using regular spaghetti noodles, I like fixing it, and I know somebody's going to scream, with linguine noodles or with the um, uh, 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 lasagna noodles. Um, nope. My brain. I just had a food. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with my fettuccine noodles, Kevin, because they hold the weight of the sauce a lot better. And um, and especially, you know, if I'm going to be serving uh, large groups of people um, and I'm just pouring a sauce right on top, I like the way that that noodle holds up a little bit better. But now if I'm going to do a spaghetti bake, I'm usually going to go ahead and grab my regular spaghetti noodles. We're looking for anybody who enjoys eating pasta or fixing pasta to give us a call this morning and join the conversation. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. You know, the other thing that's kind of interesting to me about pasta, we talked about, you know, we I guess we could call it the spaghetti or the long, thin pasta in the different uh, round, uh, the different sizes. Uh, but the shell pasta was always good. I know, again, my mother used to make kind of a, a, a macaroni salad with the tuna fish that's kind of a popular thing, but she would make it with the little small a, a shell-sized uh, pasta. But then again, there's also those big pasta oh, shells yeah. that you can stuff with, you know, um, different sorts of things, and th- those are always good as well. I absolutely love the shell uh, noodles, Kevin, and I like the fact that I get to stuff them uh, with a lot of yummy uh, different things, and they can be served warm or cold. And that's the wonderful thing about pastas. You can take it, you know, from a dish that's very, very warm to some Something that's very cold and it's still very wonderful. Um, but the shell noodles, uh, Kevin, one of my favorite things to stuff them with is uh, to be able to take some seafoods like uh, crab meats and shrimp and create this wonderful uh, roux and then stuff them in and then kind of drizzle a little bit of more sauce on top and bake them off for just a little bit. Always very wonderful. And your guests are always uh, very pleased when they see it because 
it does take a little bit of effort not to tear those noodles up. And the secret is, again, to cook the noodles to the perfect texture of al dente and then uh, to be able to cool it before you actually start to uh, infuse whatever you're, whether you're using a meat sauce or, um, you know, you're going to use a vegetable base to, to stuff your shells with. All right. Uh, I know some people like to put a pinch of salt in uh, the water when they boil their pasta. Have, have, do you do that? And, and would you recommend that? You know, um, I do do that, Kevin. Uh, add a little bit of salt. Some people think that it's going to help to keep cook your noodles faster. It will not. The only thing it does is just, you know, to season your, your noodles a little bit. But I actually like that because uh, noodles in and of themselves are just bland, you know, because they're just a combination of flour and eggs. And so you you really want to be able to, you know, add a little bit of uh, seasoning to that pot while you're why are you boiling? You know, and another trick I've heard is, uh, which actually when I made some pasta from Home Chef uh, last week, uh, was to take a little bit of the water the pasta is boiled in. The starchy water. Right, to add to your sauce. Yeah, and it helps to actually thicken up your sauce a little bit. Absolutely. Got a caller on the line, so why don't we say good morning to James in Gulfport. No way. Good morning, James. Hey, James. Yes, yes, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Good morning. I've missed y'all. I started oh. a work project here, and I always have to work on Monday mornings usually, but uh, I'm playing hooky today. Okay. Oh, I'm so happy you're playing hooky. I actually, a few months ago, we were like, where is James? So I'm really happy to yeah, hear your voice. Gosh, I, it's withdrawal. I tell you, it's so <laughs> weird to not listen to you all. I hate it. But I love your topic, and since I used to be fluent in Italian, I was going to talk to you about what al dente means, if you haven't said so already. Please do. It's uh, literally, the lang- in the language, it means to the teeth. Mm-hmm. Al is to the, and uh, dente is teeth. And I interpret that as, as uh, you know, nothing means exactly literally what it is. I interpret that as meaning it is pleasant to the teeth. You mm-hmm. don't bite into mush. You can feel it with your teeth, but it don't break them out. <laughs> Actually, we were just talking uh, to one of the other callers. Her name was Ann, and she called in, and she was saying that um, she had ha- apparently had pasta that was uh, not completely cooked. So when you bite in, you still had that very shelly kind of texture to it. And so we yeah. were just talking about making sure that that texture is a really great bite uh, to your teeth and that it's not uncomfortable when you bite into it. You don't want it to be too hard, but you definitely Gosh, don't no. want it to be too mushy where there's, it's not pleasant to bite. Something so wonderful to eat should be just perfect. <laughs> so, uh, James, what's your favorite kind of pasta? Uh, gosh, I like them all. I, I like the little, even the little weird ones, the orecchiette, which means little ear. Oh, yes. that just sounds eyes. so fabulous. Say it again, James. <laughs> or, orecchiette. Yeah, see, it's it's the foreign language that gets you in trouble every time, you know. I don't care what he's saying, it just sounds fabulous. <laughs> My Sicilian girlfriend in New York's dad taught me all the bad words, and I used to say tongue twisters. I used to say Sicilian tongue twisters as fast as I could, and if you miss one syllable or vowel, you were said something you shouldn't say. I love doing it. They had me perform for the family. I used to crack them up. All right, James, good to hear from you again. Thanks for joining awesome us this morning. From you. Next week. All right, Thank sounds you. good. Um, <clears throat> so uh, what about um, when you're preparing pasta? I guess it is sometimes difficult to figure out how much to prepare. Are there some guidelines uh, that you could give us on how to make sure that everybody gets enough, but maybe not too much? Well, it depends on whether or not we're going to have, you know, like I'm, uh, who's eating. For instance, you know, of course, there are portion sizes that, you know, if you're going to prepare a perfect brunch for all of you, you know, girlfriends, you want to be really cute. But if you've got brothers like I do, you can never prepare too much pasta, <laughs> Kevin. So it really is knowing your audience, you know, who, who are you preparing food for? Because um, my middle brother is 6'6", and he's um, about 300 pounds. And so this kid could eat a whole pasta dish by himself and still tell you he's hungry. Uh, but normally uh, a, a serving of about four ounces per guest is usually the standard, Kevin, which is really not a whole lot of pasta and it's enough really to just create a pleasant uh, plate when you're serving we need to take another break when we get back we've got our friend kathleen from osaka on the line and we've got some open phone lines so if you're a pasta lover or you love par- preparing pasta give us a call this morning <laughs> at 1-877 oh, mpb ring it's 1-877-672-7464 back with more after this 
podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking all about pasta this morning. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to join in and share this morning, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. You know, as we're going along here, I keep thinking about my favorite pasta dishes, and there is a Greek a restaurant down in Pensacola that my brother and I like to go to when I go down there to visit, and they have uh, Greek spaghetti. So, first of all, the, the serving is so big. Every time I get it, I have to take home, uh, you know, a box, and it ends up being maybe one or two more uh, helpings, but uh, it's it's great. It's kind of a thinner pasta uh, with uh, spaghetti sauce, but they put uh, feta cheese in with it, and that's oh, that's really good. Wow, wow! So, uh, if you have a favorite pasta dish, maybe a favorite place to get pasta, or a favorite way to prepare it, give us a call today. Because as I said, we do have some open phone lines at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go back to the phones, and we'll start again in Osaka. Kathleen has called in today. Good morning, Kathleen. Hey, morning, Kathleen. Doing good. Is the storm okay down here? It was a little rocky for a while. Good, good well, to see that you're safe. Okay. I have a comment about the pasta to bring it into season. When you boil your pasta, you can use some of the crawfish shells that you have peeled your crawfish, put them in the water, and then when it kind of cooks in there, drain it or sift it into a different pot, then put the pasta in that to cook. Mm-hmm. When it's done, you throw in your crawfish tails. You can use a butter sauce or just garlic and butter, or you can use a little tomato sauce and add anything you've got in season, whether it's onions, peppers, tomatoes, olives, capers, whatever. Mm. But if you're cooking for a group, I've got a tip. When you want to have pasta, because it's so hard to plate out, you have a scale and a little container on top. You weigh that scale, put it back to zero, so you know you've got a zero start. Put your pasta in it, four to six ounces, and then you lightly, lightly oil it. Don't butter it because that tends to go bad fast. You wrap it up in foil, uh, not foil, uh, film, they call it, saran wrap, and you can stack it in your refrigerator. So if you need two or four, all you do is take it out, you can run it under hot water or put it in a boiling pot of water. Boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. And you can serve it like that. So that, that works great um, for, like, if you're, Kathleen, serving in a restaurant or... A restaurant exactly. Or a exactly. Kathleen, you always have the, the best uh, <laughs> suggestions for planning ahead and getting that ready to go so that the last minute if a, a, a bunch of folks come over and need some spaghetti, you are always ready to go. Well, Kevin, you know what I think we need to do is just show up at our doorstep <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, bring your own food. <laughs> Be careful what you say. <laughs> All right. Good to hear from you, Kathleen. Thanks for calling this morning. Uh, let's stay on the phone lines. Next, we're off to Tupelo. Uh, Jerry has called in today. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be on the air. I just wanted to uh, share a thought, uh, and and I'm Italian, and uh, you know my ancestors have been cooking this spaghetti for a long time, and we cook the uh, Italian traditional way. Uh, it, it is a poor man's food, and uh, Italian spaghetti, uh, pretty much all of these different pasta dishes don't have much meat, and some of them don't have to have any meat at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the what a lot of our southern cooks in, in Mississippi do is they put too much meat and it overcomes the taste of the sauce. It overcomes the, uh, the, the pasta. And you really can't enjoy the complexity of the meal. So I'm just going to suggest listeners they consider uh, reducing the amount of meat uh, by about two-thirds. <laughs> and, and, also, and also consider no, no meat at all. And you don't even have to have a red sauce. You know, you can make a great pasta just with uh, olive oil, but you got to have the other good things, you know, fresh tomatoes, onions, uh, you know, uh, garlic, and you know, saute those things, and uh, and and create something. You know, basil, 
uh, you know, put, put those things together. If they're fresh, it can make a great meal. All right. And Jerry, he's absolutely right, and I think he would be very proud of us uh, today, Kevin, because we did uh, pasta both ways because, you know, you don't have to have meat every time, but, of course, because we're Southerners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry, thanks for the call. Good thoughts there. And that's, you know, that's one of those ways if you're someone who likes to uh, explore in the kitchen and, and, and try new things, that would be a good way to go is to, as Jerry mentioned, maybe uh, cut down on the meat and, and explore some other things or, uh, as he said, maybe uh, no meat in it at all. Let's uh, continue on. Next, we've got uh, Kay in Yazoo City. Good morning, Kay. Hey, Kay. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. Good. Go ahead. I, I wanted to share uh, not my own recipe, but a copycat that I... I sort of perfected. I don't know if you all remember Old Venice Pizza Company that was in Jackson and Starkville. I think there's one still in Tupelo, maybe. Yes, I remember they that. It was good a, stuff. Um, Jamaican jerk chicken pasta. Oh, wow. That was a cream sauce that was just, I don't know. I can't even describe, you know, the <laughs> But I tried to, you know, copy it once the restaurant um, closed here in Jackson and it's, I use the tricolor sweet peppers, and you cook them down really, really soft, almost to where they dis- disappear with onions and garlic. You know, you deglaze your pan with um, some white wine and egg cream and some grilled chicken breast in, and I put that over penne pasta, and it's really, really, mm. really delicious. That, that sounds, sounds really good. It's, you know, you use like a jerk um, spice with your chicken and with your cream sauce. It's kind of hot, but I, mm-hmm. you know... You can always wash that down with something, but I, I, really <laughs> I, mean, I like it spicy. It, the first time I tried to make it, it turned out so well that I put the rest in the refrigerator away from my family and ordered pizza. <laughs> you bad girl, you. <laughs> All right, Kay. Uh, great suggestion. Thanks for calling. You know, Kay brings up another fun thing if you're someone that likes to, you know, experiment is if you've got a favorite dish at your restaurant. You know, maybe eat it a couple times, try to figure out what the spices are, what the ingredients are, but go ahead and and, and take a stab at it when you get in your own kitchen. Um, I mean, but that's the wonderful thing about having 600 different varieties of pasta to choose from, and not just the shapes, Kevin, but the colors as well. And what's really wonderful about these colors that are added into pastas, they're all natural colors, whether if if it's really black, it's a squig, ink, you know, if you've got the green, it's spinach. And so it's really, really wonderful to just create something with pasta. It's quick. It's easy, and it's a great way to feed a large crowd of people for very little money. We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Linda in Port Gibson. Hello, Linda. Hey, Linda. Hi, Linda. Are you there? Yes. Okay. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. I like uh, seafood pasta. All right. What kind of yeah. seafood do you like in there? Shrimp. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, shrimp and uh, crab meat. That's good. You know, I love crab meat, and that's uh, so. Do you use usually uh, like a, a white sauce, or what? What sort of sauce do you like to have on it? Well, um, I don't fix it myself. But, <laughs> uh, I like the way Rusty's uh, make their um, a seafood pasta. Rusty's in Vicksburg. Okay. Yes, it's it's, it's great. You know, it's not a uh, lumpy. Mm-hmm. It don't clog all together. It's not watery, and it don't have the MSG, you know, in it. All right. Thanks for calling. You know, that's uh, another thing that, uh, that, that 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 I think is a good idea. If you find somewhere out that has your favorite, you know, go ahead and keep going to it because the you know restaurants can sometimes really do some incredible things with as we've mentioned these six hundred different varieties of pasta. Well, you know what, Kevin, absolutely, of course, and you know, of course, there are a lot of our listeners that know that I spent about eight months working at Bravo's restaurant as a hostess there, and I got to <coughs> say hello to everybody coming in and out. But one of the things that I love about the restaurant um, was that it a staple is definitely pasta, and there are just so many uh, wonderful dishes to be created. Um, Linda was talking talking about seafood, but, you know, pastas pair really, really well with seafoods. And then it depends on, you know, what you want, because if you're going to do angel hair, you want a thinner uh, pasta. You don't want to put something really heavy on it. So this is where you're looking for your much thinner sauces. If you want something, you know, really bold and heavy, you're using your rigatonis or you're, you know, you're wanting something like uh, lasagna. It's just so many different things that you can do. And and then it's so wonderful if you uh, ever, you know, have an attack 
Italian, real Italian experience or Greek experience, what you'll notice is, you know, there's 12, 15 people sitting at a table and you've got different bowls and everybody is sharing whether it's something that's bow tie or if you, you know, if it's uh, linguine and then you, you know, you're pairing it with mussels or you're pairing it with shrimp and chicken, sausage. It just pairs with everything really, really well. You can add steak to your pasta. There are no limits. If you want to do something completely vegetarian, you can do that. If you want to take it completely green and only use spinaches and basil, if you want to add in a little, I'm having a farce come moment here, Kevin. <laughs> I'm just, it's like my brain is so excited because I'm seeing all these dishes as I'm talking, but pasta truly is an, a wonderful American staple. We love it here. We eat tons of it every year. Uh, but of course, the Sicilians, the, the Italians out eat us 53% every year in pasta. <laughs> but you know, you're right. It's, we're going to go to break here, but uh, as you, as we've said before, it can be a hot, it can be cold, all the varieties of pastas and the different sauces. It really is a, a, a great uh, how much variety you can do and really stick with just the you know the basic things. So uh, let's take one final break. When we get back, we've got some callers on the line to get to, but some open phone lines and some time as well. So give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Call us at 1-877-672-7464. Back with more after this. in your community by simply donating a vehicle. It's a quick and easy way to take care of that unwanted vehicle that is just sitting around. Best of all, we'll handle the entire process from picking up the vehicle to sending you the tax paperwork. Just call 877-MPB-4CAR or go online to mpbonline.org slash support. Make the difference and donate your vehicle today. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends, and we're talking all about pasta this morning. Still have uh, some time left and some open phone lines, so if you'd like to join in, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. While we're on the subject of pasta, we talked with a caller, I think, from Tupelo. I, I can't remember his name, Steve. I think it might have been, but he was saying, you know, maybe go easy on the meat. One alternative that I've talked about on the air before that I really like is to get one of those spiral slicers and get a zucchini or other kind of squash and, and uh, run it through the spiral slicer and you've got yourself some uh, zucchini pasta, just a little saute that with a little bit of olive oil. I like to put a little garlic in with mine uh, and then mix that in with your uh, spaghetti sauce and that is very, very tasty and, and uh, a little bit of a healthier alternative as well, although um, I, you know, I think uh, pasta is a fairly ho- hopefully a, 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 a healthier dish because I like it so much. Well, you know, Kevin, let's give pasta some really good kudos here today. Literally, it's a source of great protein. And, a lot, you know, a lot of times when people talk about pasta, they always talk about the carbohydrates. But what they forget to talk about is the fact that uh, not only is it a sustainable food, because you can literally take those packages of pasta, put them in a plastic can- uh, container and keep them indefinitely. How wonderful for a mom that's raising kids or if you're on a budget. Uh, the other thing, again, is is it really is a great source of protein. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll start again in Mobile. John's on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is not a uh, pasta comment per se, but you had mentioned earlier about if you're in a restaurant and you get a dish that you like uh, trying to duplicate it, you'll be surprised because I, I used to own a restaurant here in L.A., lower Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, the number of, of people who will ask you for a rest for a recipe, and I used to give them out. Uh, now I did have a competitor once that kept asking me for one, and I <laughs> would not give it to, to them. But uh, you, but you would be surprised at the number of people who will actually give you recipes from the restaurant. Now the national change probably not, mm-hmm. 
who wants to eat the national cane food anyway. Right. <laughs> exactly. And the wonderful thing about that, though, John, you know, um, and I know you, you know this, you can give 10 people the same recipe and it's going to have 10 different tastes at the end. Uh, there's going to be, a, even if it's just a smidgen of a difference in the way that something looks or the way it tastes, because all of us bring something uh, different to eat, to the same recipe all the time. All right, John, that's a good call and a great suggestion. You know, the other thing I would think of is that if, uh, if, if it is a place and you, you know, they give you the recipe, if you cook it at home and someone says, wow, this is great, you probably are going to say, well, yeah, I got the recipe from whatever. And so it's sort of a great way uh, for that restaurant to uh, get a little word of mouth publicity going on. And again, I think uh, most people in the restaurant business are people who enjoy food, enjoy preparing food. And that's one thing I think that's good about food is people love to share uh, their oh, ideas, their absolutely. recipes and everything. So what a great suggestion from John. You know, and if, if they say no, then you go home and try to figure it out yourself. But you might be surprised at what you get if you ask for a recipe. And that's one of the things that we try to do at Cooking with Honey and Friends, Kevin. You know, it, it doesn't happen all the time because we're working on some other projects. But I like sharing recipes, you know, because th- th- I need people to know that I can really cook. Mm-hmm. And so if you can go home and duplicate this yourself and say, well, wow, that really works. Then, you know, like you said, word of mouth creates a buzz around whatever your brand or restaurant is so absolutely share those recipes we've got uh, jimmy on the line from greenville this morning good morning jimmy good morning how are you good morning jimmy what do you have for us i just want to share some things with you uh this show is first of all driving me bananas (laughs) (laughs) my favorite food and i'm trying to drive and listen to the show it's driving me up the wall but I've been a lifelong spaghetti lover, even before I could pronounce it. <laughs> little child, it was spaghetti. <laughs> and uh, one of my, my favorite things was, I share with you, I was in the Navy station in Sicily. And, uh, of course, you know, that's spaghetti heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, on top of that, the barracks I lived in, I lived on the second floor, and on the first floor was a pizza parlor. <laughs> So I could just put on my slippers and walk down (laughs) and get spaghetti anytime I want. But it was just great. And the thing that I love about spaghetti, Kevin, is when you have it the next day. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Hey, Jimmy, thanks. Thanks for listening. Good. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate that. And I really think that, you know, we talk a lot about comfort foods and that sort of thing. And I think pasta is probably spaghetti. I mean, we talked about the variety, but I think for most people, it's spaghetti. That certainly is a a comfort food. That's for sure. Have you ever seen anybody unhappy eating pasta? It is. I mean, really? Yeah. No, I, I, although my sister uh, did not like spaghetti sauce on hers. So that was the other thing. We'd all eat, but that she would always eat hers plain. So it, it, it takes uh, a... <laughs> I can tell you guys one experience I uh, used to love here in the Jackson area was uh, this fast fast food, but it served pasta. It was fazolis. Yep. Yes. And you could get like a good portion because it was it was a healthy portion of uh any kind of pasta from lasagna to spaghetti uh fettuccine baked ziti anything uh through the drive through yeah and that was just amazing to me and you know 20 30 pounds later <laughs> <laughs> hey, i liked fazolis but the one you can't blame that on fazolis <laughs> The one I went to, the service was awful. I mean, the food was really good, but it was like you were in for a 15, 20-minute wait, uh, you know, to get your order, sometimes even taken. So, uh, but yeah, that was, that was you know, and especially for a fast food place, I thought that they did their, their pasta very well. A couple of things I wanted to ask about. One is, I love lasagna, but one of the things that I think uh, cooks that we get in a little trouble with is when the noodle, probably the one on the top, gets to be a little bit extra crispy and it's it's a little bit chewy. So what is the, what are some tips on, on a good uh, lasagna and making sure your noodles uh, stay the right way they should be cover it with foil okay and then the last um, three minutes kevin you want to take the foil off and then pop it under the broiler and that way you don't get that over baked noodle that's on the top uh, but some people actually like that little crunch, the little edge. I don't particularly care for it, but it's just simple. It's something as simple as covering your dish with foil while it's in the oven and then just the last three minutes. So because you got all this yummy cheese on top and mm-hmm. you want this really beautiful golden brown, you just want to take it off, 
pop it under the broil for just that last three minutes and you'll have that perfect dish that you're looking for. The other thing to me that's a little bit challenging with lasagna is kind of working with the noodles when you get them, you know, cooked, making sure you get them layered down again, making sure that they don't tear up, that sort of thing. Again, we talked about that with the shells. Do you have any kind of tips on on keeping the, the shape of your pasta, making sure it doesn't tear up? Well, absolutely. One of the things that you want to do is when you're making a really wonderful lasagna, Kevin, is to slow down a little bit. Once you um, cook this pasta to al dente, then what you want to do is make sure you cool the noodle completely, rinse it, and cool it off before you start to handle it. And if it's cooked properly, you'll find that the weight of it is is perfect enough so that you don't tear it when you do it. The other thing that I do, I don't know that anybody else do this, I will take a little bit of flour and cover my hands, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I can, you know, when I pick it up, you know, I'm working the the noodle really well in the dish. It's just something that I do. But you want to make sure that that noodle has been cooled off completely because you're going to remember you're putting it back in the oven. Mm -hmm. So the oven's going to do finish doing the work for you. And, you know, we could probably spend several shows on, on pasta because the ones that we've not really talked about are some of the filled pastas. I know I, I love a good uh, ravioli as well. Ravioli. Ravioli is really wonderful, uh, Kevin. And what you'll find is that ravioli, there are two types of pastas, of course. There's going to be your um, dry pastas, which are the ones that have these wonderful longevities. And then, of course, you got your fresh pasta. And ravioli is, you know, is one of those wonderful fresh pastas that you uh, want. And then what's really great is whether you're making the dough at home or you're going to buy, you know, something prefixed, uh, is that they are just absolutely uh, stuffed with all these amazing things, whether it is uh, a meat itself or some cream sauce on the inside. They're just really, really wonderful. I've never done it, but based on all the cooking shows I've seen on the Food Network and those sorts of things, I'd love to try one of those little homemade pasta machines where they're, you know, they got that long thing, a thing, and they roll it out. and they Oh, get those please beautiful... invite me over so I can see you do that. <laughs> That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Jay White. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. 